0: The Final Furlong podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing, and by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit KalukiSportsbook.com to sign up. Down.
1: And Cheltenham is once again our focus as we bring in uh, in association with Weatherbees, the main man behind the Weatherbees Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, the essential guide for Cheltenham, the brilliant companion for the Final of Podcast. You have to get your hands on it now. And you can do so at weatherbees.co.uk, weatherbeeshop.co.uk, and get yourself a five pound discount with the promo code Paul Ferguson.
2: Uh, the promo code is final20, final in lowercase, two zero.
1: 0 Happy days. Is it final22 or final20? Sorry, final22, Yeah, <laughs> i
2: put you in. They go final22, sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm wrecked from that preview uh, last night, and uh, you had a 10-hour drive the other day, so we're all, we're all still recovering. We're all just wrecked.
2: Uh, is, yeah. I, was at, yeah, I was asleep. I've had a few days off, but I had a 10-hour drive down to um, Fontwell on on Sunday, there and back. It was a long day, so still recovering.
1: Yeah, but at least you got to hear Liverpool win the Carabao Cup. Anyway, we're going to talk about <laughs> novice chasers in this edition of the show. So we're looking at... S- say uh, no more. <laughs> oh, he's had, he's had yeah. a lot to say about that off air. Um, pleasing day for me. Uh, so we'll start with the Arkle. We're going to go up in trip as we go along. So we'll go with the Arkle, uh, then 2-mile-5, 3-mile, and then the not-quite-4-miler novice's chase. So the Arkle. Uh, betting is headed by Edward Stone. It could be it could be a great start for Britain because Nicky Henderson has got two very strong hopes in the Supreme Novice's hurdle, and then there's Edward Stone for Alan King. Um, second favourite is then all about Ireland, essentially. We've got Blue Lord and Riviere Detail, uh, who fought out the finish at the Dublin Racing Festival. In your book, the importance of the Dublin Racing Festival is emphasised, but also you go through statistics. Now, you go into detail in them, but you also give out um, a synopsis of key trends. And it's important to emphasize that we used to have Norval on the show, and I think Norval is still sectioned. I think he's still with the men in white coats because there's been no sign of him for a long time. But there's a couple of things that that make me concerned. And you do have to uh, use these trends in whichever way you would like, but also fit them to whichever horse. You have to fit them to a specific horse. But reading the statistics, it's not good for Rivier to tell. It's also not really good for Edward Stone. Uh, no,
2: not necessarily, but I would, the one thing I would say, um, I think... Uh, this year's article does look slightly substandard without wanting to be disrespectful to the it, connections that was also towards the end of the market, but it doesn't look the strongest of races. Edward, if we start with Edward Stone, he's obviously, um, as you say, he's the market leader, so he's the place we should start on. He's beaten just about all of the other English contenders. Um, if you look, you just touched upon the, behind him in the market, the next um, batch, are all trained in Ireland, then further down from that, um, he's beaten the rest of the English horses. He has won three graded races. He won the um, Grade 1 Henry VIII really impressively. On what was his third start of this season? It was actually his fourth start of offences. He did have one attempt in a novice handicap chase in December 2020 when he was unseated and Tom Bellamy at Doncaster. So he's effectively his second season novice, but he just had the one um, trial last year, and he was brought down first time out at Warwick, so things didn't exactly go to plan earlier this season, he then returned to Warwick, wood impressively um, that day he actually had uh, Elixir the Nuts back and forth mm.
1: um,
2: he's obviously franked that form since, uh, at Sandown in Henry um finished 16 length in front of Warlord he was um, given that form a boost since, third time lucky back in third, he obviously again be third time, looking more recently at Warwick and the Kingmaker, we'll touch on that again shortly. And in between, um, he went to Kempton over Christmas. I thought he was really impressive in a wayward lad um, and disposed of do your job by 10 lengths, conceding £5. Do your job came out at the weekend, one a handicap of 140, now raised 144. So every piece of form you look at, um, it's pretty solid. I thought the Kingmaker was a really good race. It was running a solid gallop. He travelled well, he jumped really well. Uh, and he put the race to bed off the home bend to give beat third time lucky by four and a quarter lengths which has now resulted in Dan Skelton uh, thinking that he's going to send third time lucky straight to Aintree and keeping him fresh for that Brave Siaska back in third um, has been on a real roll up until that point um, bar one mistake on it on his behalf he didn't seem to do much wrong so he, again he was conceding five pounds to him and he looks like he could be a major player in the Grand Annual. so mm. Um, all in all, Edward Stone's form looks rock solid. Uh, in terms of his profile, he's probably slightly older um, than many a recent article winner. I think the only two recent eight-year-old winners were Sardin Europe and Moscow team. Flyer, yeah. who were obviously border and non-champion hurdle class. So that's normally what you look for when a horse has spent a second season over hurdles. Edward Stone doesn't fall into that category because once he into hurdles last year, he was seen... Um, running the feature handicaps at the end of the season. He finished third in the um, FA hurdle, fifth in the county, and third that went tried over two and a half at Um So he ran well in, off marks in the high 140. So he, you, you would probably say, as a hurdler, he's slightly below what you would normally look to expect um, in terms of an Arkle winner, but I think he has improved significantly for going fences. As say, his, his jumping has, um, has been really impressive. I like the way he travels, uh, possibly I would say that, that the one negative would be that maybe that he's north front three at Cheltenham but if you actually look back at those races he was well beaten in behind Shishkin in the um, Supreme of 2020 but as we said he's improved since he, he reappeared in the Great Wood that year and finished fifth staying on quite well when the ground was softer than ideal, he would, he would I think he's handled soft ground well this year but I do think he's a better horse on a decent surface so good to soft would be ideal for Edward Stone and then he actually ran well. I thought he ran better. He finished fifth in the county, but he ran a sound race. He was well out. He was come from a pretty uncompromising position coming down the hill and ran on really strongly if you watch that race back. Only beaten three lengths and was finishing well. So you can't say that he doesn't get up the hill. Um, and that was obviously over at, um, 2-1 on the new course. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think he takes plenty of boxes. Um I-, I just like the way he travels and jumps, as I say, in a normal year he'd probably be fearful of a proper grade one hurdler going chasing against him, obviously appreciated didn't go chasing with with him yet. still yet to reappear and Fernie Hollows obviously have a setback um, so so like the two at the start of the season they probably would have been the two main protagonists who we'd have been looking at Um he hasn't got them to fear so for me the Irish form which we'll go on to talk about shortly is perhaps not as strong as it has been in recent years so um, I think Edward Stone sets the standard and as and a worthy favourite.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Johnny right. Ward made a point at the Cheltenham Preview last night in um, in Moat, which we had a, a lot of fun. Well done, Buddha, and all the team. And uh, Katie Young from Gordon's, we had a lot of fun there. Uh, Mikey Fogarty was in mad form as well, so um, he's great crack. But Johnny just said that the current state of British racing is... British jumps racing, is, is not good. Um, and this was when we were talking about the Supreme. And the fact that Edward Stone has been able to batter everything, including third-time Lucky, who was such a hype job at, at the start of the season, um, almost exposes the lack of strength and depth. Now, if this was a, a Willie Mullins train towards doing the same thing in Ireland, everybody would just be going, "Oh, this thing's an absolute superstar. Um, in terms of Blue Lord, like he's done it well at Ferry House. He was very impressive at Nace. He should have been. He was a long odds-on favourite. And Mikey Fogarty actually said, and Johnny Ward both, both said, that Riviere de Tell should have been awarded the race uh, at Leopardstown, which actually made me sick because I was on Riviere de Tell. And that was such a, uh, a long steward's inquiry. And you make the point in the book that five-year-olds don't have a great record in the race. I don't necessarily think, and I, I'm inclined to... I'm I'm interested in your view on this. Um Blue Lord is not the William Mullins number one hope for the Arco. Like as you said, appreciate it would have been, Fernie Hollow would have been. So you're looking at his third string basically, who's second favourite. And Rivier Dattel uh ran a monstrous race uh against Fernie Hollow and then ran a monstrous race and arguably should have got it in the Stewards. Um and Kaluki are going 100 to thirty about her. Um, she's a 5 year old but she ran uh, a super race I thought in the Boodles last year so she has course form and um, she's picked up plenty of experience and she'll get the weight allowance so she's probably where I would side at the moment um, subject to change but I can also see this race causing an upset but we were saying off air that a lot of these novice chases are going to be small fields like by the time it actually comes to the day they're going to cut up badly. Um, so, what is your assessment of, of the Irish foreman, uh, particularly Rivier de Cell and, and uh, Blue Lord?
2: Uh, yeah, I, kind of, I can totally see the argument for um, people thinking Rivier de Cell was unlucky last time and, and possibly should have been awarded the race when um, Paul switched in front of her after the mistake at the last. Santa and Rasta makes a compelling argument in, in the guide. He he selects Riviera to Tell for that for that reason, not just for that reason but um partly due to that and also the fact that she would run really well behind Fernie Hollow um over Christmas. She'd obviously won her three races Early in the season, taking advantage of the four year old allowance and the sex allowance. Um she had course blind well back in third in the racing post novice chase uh, at the Christmas festival. Um don't really see why he should make up the ground. Um he's obviously got the profile in that he was a high class heard look also blind, but um, I think he needs to step forward again personally if he's gonna mix it at this level of offences. Um I watched I watched the Irish article back again this morning and um I thought Blue Lord looked like he was gonna go away and win. More impressively we know she came back at the line. Uh, there's gonna be a weight differential. She'd be a couple of pounds worse off. Um in the article than she was in the Irish article because obviously, as you've touched upon, the five-year-olds don't have a great record since, and that is since the age allowance was removed in 2008. 2007, So, Um, so since then, I think there's been um, and five-year-olds have attempted to win the article, and none have been successful. All Mankind being the last one, um, last year. So, but as you said, it's a, a, again, as you touched upon in the introduction, the likes of this. All The statistics need to be taken into context of the actual race and the horse themselves. And this year, if you're looking at it being a weaker article than it usually is the case, then the five year olds perhaps have got a maybe have got a better chance this year than they have had in previous years, they're not facing an almighty task. Um, with some of this, some of the high profile winners in recent years. So, again, that's something else to factor in. Uh, for me, Blue Lord's probably just about the, the pick of them, but. Um, of the Irish on a on a strict form line but I'd say the one I'd probably be most interested in only because we don't really know as much about him is another five year old horse on colors um mm. another, another from the William Mullins stable. he was obviously he was well backed in the Irish circle and come down too steep early on at the fence leaving the side of the course so
1: incredibly um, well
2: backed he was yeah he's just he's very short on experience um but as you say I think to counteract that that I would say that the likely small field will probably help the likes of him and St. Sam who were limited on experience he's, he's completely unexposed he only had three starts over hurdles um, his run in the triumph hurdle last year when he finished third was his first start for Willie Mullins his first start out of France and his first run in 169 days that was a, that was a massive run to finish just over three lengths behind Colixios and Adagio uh, went on to punch his time and finished third. I like the way he jumped at Leopardstown over Christmas when he beat Gentleman Demy. He was obviously um advertised the form by winning impressively since um I say he w- wouldn't be a strong fancy of mine, I say I'd, I'd be leaning towards Edward Stone here. But of the Irish, I think because we don't know he, he's nowhere near being fully exposed and we don't know how good he could be. Um I think he'd be interested in whichever race he runs I think he, he probably got the option of going up and trip for the turners and that's been mentioned as well so whilst you'd be slightly concerned about his lack of experience and arriving on the back of a fall the last horse to win the Arkle on the back of a fall was Moscow Flyer mm-hmm. and I think he'd had five starts he fell on debut and in the Irish Arkle on his last start but I think he would won three times in between so and uh, was obviously a much more experienced toddler. Um but he, I say he'd be interested um but for me I think uh I think Edward Stone shades it and um, um I think say with the lack of appreciation and I just think the Irish challenge is um, is a lot weaker than we would have expected it to have been earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's disappointing really, uh that so many horses are on the sidelines, but what can you do? Um if there is a wild outsider in this race, Elixir, the new then we or whateverixir the, the nuts um, he <laughs> like he was very much back on form last time out we're talking about a, a 40s shot here um, 33s with kaluki I think if you ask nicely you might get 40s um, but just what field size do you expect this is gonna be come the
2: I think I think it's, it's hard not to know where Willie will um, send all of his To be honest, obviously we'll will come on to uh, the ter- the Turners and the Brown Advisory shortly, mm-hmm. and obviously where Gallop and the Champ runs maybe maybe effects where others will fit in. I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is over there in, in regards to that. Um, Willie's obviously got several options in the. Um, including the, the two five-year-olds we've touched upon as well as Blue Lord. So C. Alden um, Edge, C. Edge. He was coming through. I'd, I'd be shocked if he was good enough for myself. himself. Yeah, me too. Um, like, and then you, you, after that, Jungle Boogie, um, are we going to see him really in this, oh. in this contest on the back of one coming back from two mile five without he, I'd say he was a doubtful runner to be honest. Um, and then to the next bunch of horses as i touched upon have all been well beaten by um, Edward Stone Brave Siaska. I could see him going for the Grand Annual Elixir the Nuts. That that handicap win that he won the handicap that he won at Kempton, the novice handicap that he won last time. Um so off a mark of just one thirty five. He's raised 144 now. So again, he's like raised fifteen pounds behind Edward Stone at present. He was well behind them at Warwick. Um Teddy Warner and Collins are obviously with Wazid Danui won the uh, Grand Daniels so wonder if they'll be considering that route again for, for him Warlord uh, another Colin Tizard of course who um, bounced back to winning ways at Lingfield last time haven't been beaten 60 in lengths the previous time by Edward Stone so again um, are they one going to take him on or and the likes of Foot Pleasure and third time Lucky? I think will probably wait for HG so yeah I could see it easily being a single figure field maybe um, seven or eight runners so Um, yeah, I I, I can't see anything from further down the market myself personally. I just think, um, I think it'll be dominated by those towards the top,
1: probably will. But I think this is there's the possibility of an upset here, and with that in mind, and the fact that Colin Tizard was saying we, we have to plan it out now, but we can genuinely potentially go for a Grade One or the Grand Annual. Be one or the other, and it's not run or no bet. So I'd take the 33s about Alexia the nuts and hope, hope he lines up, and then hope that it's seven runners and you've got three places, uh, in which case you're absolutely laughing. Um, Edward Stone clearly sets the standard. The The official rating um, isn't as high uh, as it, like horses rated 160 plus are seven from 14 in the last uh, since 2012. There is no horse rated 160 plus. Unless um, Blue
2: Lord comes, they in. make it? You, yeah, the English handicap might give Blue Lord one sixty. I think he's raised one hundred fifty-seven in Ireland. I think so. Mm. Um, we'll probably find out that we'll find that out later. Obviously, um, we're recording on Tuesday lunchtime, yeah. and um, as the weights is happening down at Cheltenham, so we'll um, probably find that out later. But I'd say one fifty-seven was probably high enough for Blue Lord. I say I haven't really touched on his. It. His form, as you say, he was quite good. He was, I was first time out and beating El Barra. Um, that form hasn't really worked out to any great extent. His, no. his second start at Nace um, was a three-runner race where plenty of fences were omitted, so um, hard to take that form, literally. And then, obviously, his best performance was um, when winning the Irish Arkle last time, but we touched upon the finish there with Riviera Cell coming back from all I have made that serious error and at that final fence and St. Sam was actually again um rallying late on having made he jumped well down the back I thought out in front.
1: He did he got a cracking and ride uh, from and then
2: He didn't and he made a, he made quite a serious mistake too out when he was he was then headed by the, the front two. But he, to his credit he came back after last and again rather like up Horon on colors. Um he's completely unexposed over fences, having beaten the devil's coachman on, on his only other start. Um, we've seen that he acted at the track and at the meeting last year when uh, finishing runner-up in the Boodles. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's he's fairly unexposed. He, he would he too uh, would have the option of going for the Turner. So um, again, I think a lot of, that maybe it won't, I, I would have in my mind that maybe a lot of the decision making will focus around on whether Gallup and Deshawn obviously does go and take it take on Bob Ellinger in that two two and a half mile race. So. Um, and then will the others just fit in and, in and around it?
1: Well, we can talk about that next. So final selection, Edward Stone for you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd be, with, I'd be with Edward Stone at this stage. Yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to back it now. It's 7-4, 15-8. I'd imagine you'd probably get a bigger price on the base, to be
1: honest. Yeah, I would like to think so. Although, if the field cuts up, maybe not. Um,
2: yeah, but I think I think that's top of the market. I think we'll try and they'll probably i would be shocked if he was if he was any shorter than
1: that to be yeah. honest on the one of the race it, it, it's a fair shout um look I'll, I'll take a swing at uh, elixir the d- nuts uh, at 33s just to try and scumbag each way bet where if if they drop this field down to five you're still getting paid three because it's an anti IT post bet so and if he doesn't run you get your money back so what do you have to lose um but overall selection would would be rivier to tell. Um, big, big fan of that horse, and that has uh, been well-documented on the on the Final Forlund podcast. Right, so we'll talk about the Turners. Um, William Mullins runs Gallop-on-de-Champ here and not in the old RSA, which is now the Brown Advisory. So he's going to take on Bob Ollinger. Um, the current betting with uh, our good friends at Kaluki is Bob Ollinger is 5-4 to favourites. Apologies, it's just updated in front of my screen. gallop on champ is even money favoured. Uh, Bob Ollinger is 5-4, to four, then it's 7-2, to long press. Um, you're looking at, we got pretty much game, Blue Lord and St. Sam in there. St. Sam might go here, 12s. Uh, Jungle Buggy is 10s. And um, there's uh, our old friend, Hondo color again, uh, 10s. Right, how do you break this race down? What you were saying to me off-air that you would, prefer Gallop on Champ in the Brown Advisory, the, the three mile race.
2: Uh, yeah, I well, would to be honest, well, <laughs> haven't backed him <them laughs> before he ran over fences to win the Brown Advisory Certain who preferred him to go that route. But um I watched I watched the races back again. I could see why um people were making the case um for him running the turners after his sparkling debut of the two mile five when he... he Um, He was stunning with his front-running display at Leopardstown. I haven't watched that back again. I watched both races back again this morning. For me, he was was definitely doing his best work um, in the closing stages, and he was very strong crossing the line um, on both occasions. It looked looked like he took some pulling up, um, certainly on, on debut. And that race he won at the Dublin Race Festival, which was formerly the Dr. PJ Moriarty and formerly the Flow Gas and mm. now the Lab Brooks, Novice Chase. These race these sponsorship changes was just a nightmare for the um, mm. <laughs> for the tre- for the trends this year going through the key race. Ch- Chanel but Pharma um, has and become
1: see- the Tattersol's novice hurdles. Like, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, which was which used to be the Deloitte. <laughs> um, so <laughs> That's right. a, I think it's just going kind of, it's all right for for us we were able to keep on top of it, but uh, for the general public who don't get to see it very often, I think it's a little bit more difficult. So um, if Rory was on anyway, and we're talking about the turners, he'd be calling it the gold. Oh, no, card, no, no no no, name, so.
1: no, 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 not, not allowed no, that. Not uh, but, but I will say this, the um, the odds checker site still has...
2: Oh, fest- the Festival Novice Chase.
1: What the hell is that about? Uh,
2: you know, the, the only reason why that was called Festival Novice Chase last year was because they didn't have a sponsor. Yeah, they couldn't get a sponsor. Late on. Yeah, yeah, that was why it was referred to as that.
1: But we've we've um, known it's for a, so long Because the minutes. official
2: name. Yeah, the official name of the Brown Advisory or the formula RSA is actually the Broadway novice chase. So again, yeah. that's what
1: Rory um, almost calls um, Mr.
2: De Del would be uh yeah. Re- yeah. referring to that's yeah. But, quite but right How, how like anyway. talking about
1: like um listeners to the show and just general race fans being confused by sponsorship names? Like you're scrolling down the list and you see Festival Novice Association, like, what the hell is that? It's not helping <laughs> us, Checkers. Just update it to the Turners. Uh, or to Brown Advisory. Jesus. Right, so in the Turners, yeah. um, so Bob Ollinger and Gallop and Chamb, head the Champ obviously had the betting. Uh, press is in there for the with him. She's talked about handicaps, possibly, but this race would seem more likely for no. her, for him. Um, so, is it between these three?
2: I, I think so, yeah, because I think they set a, the three of them set an almighty standard. I don't know a lot of people are making out as being a match between Bob Ollinger and Gallop and Deschamps. I don't think... Long press should be underestimated by any means. Um, just going back to Gallop on de just finish on him. Um in terms of uh, his profile, his profile would suit the turners better, um, being a French bred and being only a six year old, and probably touch on that more in the Brown advisory um shortly when we come to that race. But um I say he was really impressive. i I, I thought it was a stunning debut to be honest, though offences. fences. Um, and both, victories. Um, like I say he was really impressive and really strong in the finish, and I just think that's quite a key point. Really, the, the racer, the Dublin Race Festival, wasn't over the same course and distance. It was a shade fair. It was actually um, two miles, five furlongs, and sixty-one yards, whereas the Turners is only two mile, three furlong, and one hundred and sixty-eight. It's not even two mile, four now. So even though people are saying it's the same distance kind of thing, the intermediate trip, it's actually about around a fair and a half short so he's coming back in trip from his last run. And considering I thought he was doing his best work late on, um, I would have just been leaning towards um, the the Brown advisory personally, and, and not having to take on Bob Ollinger, would have, would, I thought, would have been coming into Willie's mind. Um, excellent that you do have to clash and that, that's probably another point that, that that we make if we were back in the old days with just the Arkle and the RSA, as it was then on the Brown Valley. Oh. Now we'd probably be having we'd probably have long Press, Gallop and Deshaun, Bob Ollinger, Ahoy Senior and Brave Man's Game all in the same race. So um
1: Yeah, we'd we'd be having a, a those study are, races, those are, but
2: those are the days that yeah. Now
1: they want to push it out to five days. Um they did, interestingly yeah. they Cheltenham had a, a members only preview night and they took a, a vote on the on the night. And there was a resounding no. Nobody wants five days. No, <laughs> I, I don't know
2: why they keep asking because I think it's going to happen anyway. So I don't know why they keep asking uh, people's
1: opinion. But they'll kill it. They'll kill it anyway. <laughs> so uh, of the so of the two at the top, then so Bob Ollinger and, and on de Champ. So okay, you 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 stated your case. I disagree with you. I think on de Champ um, is much better suited to this. Distance I take. I'm not,
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying he can't win this race by any means. That's what, that's all. Like so, I think is. I think the. Sorry for interrupting you, but I think the reason behind it would, would be, his jumping has been excellent, and maybe he can take Bob Bollinger. I think we'll need to cover Bob Bollinger's form, obviously, yeah. and touch on him a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe the idea will be trying to allow him to go off from the front, and. Um, really test Bob and just jump
1: jumping maybe yeah it's that combination of speed, stamina and his jumping accuracy that I think just makes him bomb proof here and uh, I say that with Envoy Alain having been sent off a short price favourite and tipped up uh, in the race last year but I'm I'm a massive fan of him and you mentioned his debut over fences like that was ridiculous um, he's then beaten a grade 1 winner in a grade 1 and slammed him and um, uh, you know, just made absolute bits of him. So he's the best chaser in the race. On all that we've seen so far, he's the best chaser. I'm not entirely certain that Bob Ollinger is a chaser. I know Matt Polly has made that point on the final furlong. Danny Mullins made it last week as well. He said when he <laughs> took on Rachel at Gorin, he was on board Bacardi's, and there were a couple of times where he, he recalls going, she, she's going to go. Um, he doesn't look the most fluent, and I know it's something Ruby brought up on the road to Chelten with Lydia as well. That he just kind of twists, um, as he jumps his fences. I, I don't think he's a natural chaser, and
2: I've I, I got to be honest. I think a little bit more was made of Goran and than was necessary. I didn't, there was only two fences I seen that he he made a semblance of a mistake. Really, the first one. In the home straight, which I know a lot of the jockeys say is a bit of a difficult fence, it's on it is, yeah, slight like downhill on, on after a sharp bend. Um, and the final fence, maybe Darrow, he's just wanted to get him over, which is understandable. on such a high profile horse, um, a form isn't, isn't bad at all. Master Maxi was beaten further in that race than he was by the champ in the grade one. Um, obviously, he's improved as the season's gone on, but um, it's worth noting, obviously. Uh, Ashdale Bob was still going reasonably well when unseen at that same I think it's the third last isn't it um, he was obviously a little bit disappointed over Christmas and has since reverted to hurdles but has run well, he finished there behind Royal Carla and then runner up at the weekend behind the Devils coach and went unlucky um, trying to make all from the front so I think there's a bit of substance to that beginner's chase form, you've only seen in the once since in the Kildare Novice chasing, there's one point to take on board for both horses at the top of the mark. only one of the eleven winners so far has only ever has only run twice over of fences. That was York Hill. Mm-hmm. But you're probably talking about two horses who are in the same class and calibre of, of York Hill. So yeah um again, something else to factor in. Uh I like the way he really p- he picked up um in the Kildare Novice chase, which was previously the Kalani novices chase for another name change. Um Capadano looked to have him briefly I thought in a little bit of trouble off the home bend that he skipped away from but um, I like the turn of foot that Bob Ollinger showed. obviously he was a brilliant winner of the Ballymore last year I mean you know how good he is in terms of natural ability um, and he showed that there the way he picked up and jumped well for me his jumping's been adequate it hasn't been spectacular but it hasn't been as bad as many people making out um, whether that'll be tested yet further by Gallop and Champ and L'Homme Press for that matter Mm-hmm. Um, if the pair of them pass on from the front um, it'll be interesting it'll be a ta- it could be a tactical race if those two go at it from um, uh, a long way out and maybe um, Rachel will be able to sit in behind and stalk but he's going to have to jump well to, to keep tabs on them too so um, yeah it's going to be it'll be a fascinating contest
1: yeah he, he's going to have to jump better and gallop on the champ will stay so that again that's
2: that mix of speed, and accuracy, and, and so will yeah, and so will long press.
1: Yeah. So um, take his throw him. Cause he's obviously the, the leading British
2: hope. Yeah. He's, he's obviously got more experience. He's four from four of offenses. He's made dramatic progress since being switched to fences. He started the season at Exeter in early December winning an offer mark of 128. He's now raised 159. So he's fully 31 pounds higher than he was at the start of the season. Um, On the flip side that he obviously lacks the hurdle and class of the other pair who were both grade one winners and both um, festival winners last year over hurdles. Um, But he he, to be fair to him when he arrived from France he only had two runs um, last April over hurdles for Venetia Williams and he he won by uh, 28 lengths. Uh, Chepstow absolutely bolted up and then finished only sixth in handicap hurdle on the final day of the season but um, he's obviously gone on to show himself in much better light over fences. Uh, positives for him. Um, he's already got course form to his name. He won on the new course, which this is staged on um, on New Year's Day, when he he jumped well and stayed on really strongly up the last hill, uh, up the hill. Sorry, he looked like he was going to be challenged by the glancing Queen at the final fence, but um, soon put that race to bed. And then he won his Grade One last time at Sandown and he won the Silly Isles again might not have looked the strongest Silly Isles, um we've seen for some time but the way he jumped and the way he, he took on the, the uh, railway fences down the back street at Sandown um, and the way he left Pictori behind um, I know some of Paul's horses were a bit in and out through January and February but Pictori has come out and won at the weekend he came out obviously and uh, won the Pendle Kempton so again given the form a bit of a boost he was 27 lengths behind on press at Sandown um and he just looks pretty solid you just know you're gonna get you know what you're gonna get from him he's gonna travel and jump strongly from the front I think he'd have no problem going up in trip he, he's entered in the three mile race well but I, I'd keep him at this trip for now and then if if connections were thinking about well, three miles maybe at Aintree if, if that's necessary um I I do actually think that Aintree be, will be tailor made for the track there from with his front running style and probably no iris to take on so even if he runs well in defeat um I think he's probably not one to give up on the, he might well win another grade one later on in the spring.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's a big player. Um anything else that takes your interest? Uh
2: Capodano's probably probably worth a mentioning if he, any he's got the option of going um up and trip for the Brown Advisory. He was a three mile winner over Hurdles, the Punchestown Festival last year and he both stood up in a um, handicap at the end of April. Um he won at NASE. On his debut, despite making a fairly serious error, two out, and then I say he gave Bob Ollinger a good race. I thought um, a punch time in mid-January. Obviously, since then he unseated his rider Mark Walsh in the aforementioned Labbrook's novice chase behind Gallup and Deschamps, It would have been fascinating to see how he how he fared that that day. Um, Haven't got within five lengths of Bob Ollinger at the time. Before it would have been a good barometer to the pair. So. Um, obviously we're left with question marks in that respect they say he looks like he wants a trip but again he's only a six year old in the french bed, so it might be that this, this race in terms of profile and pedigree and things would suit him better um and he's probably a big price could go well because this is said again this race could cut up um it wouldn't surprise me if Horton colors um or saint sam was rerouted here
1: yeah
2: and again wouldn't be um wouldn't be too dismissive of the chances although Five-year-olds. Only six five-year-olds have attempted to win the turners, and obviously, all six have been beaten. So, not as many. So, it's not as many to um, hang that statistic on. But again, we just know it is in general terms it's difficult for five-year-olds at this time of year when the when the weight allowance has gone, Um, and or at least at least certainly at least reduced, and um, maybe if if you were connection to those horses, you would think that the Arkle does look a much weaker race. So maybe take a chance on that in that in that event.
1: Yeah, again, I can just see this race cutting up as well. Uh, Gallop on the Champ for me is my final selection. You?
2: Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably just about favour Gallop and the Champion. Yeah. Um, oh, as I say, I would prefer him in the three-mile, but um, that debut over fences was was the best thing I've seen this season. So. Yeah. Um, I think it'll take a good one to beat him wherever he goes, but uh, will Willie normally gets it right. He did get it wrong a couple of years ago to be fair. He should have he should have run the other way around. He should have run Alaho in this race. And he was beaten in the old RSA. Maybe that's maybe that's lingering in the back of his thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think the the O'Leary's forcing him to run Sir Deschamps Champ in the what was then the JLT. Or was it even a JLT then? Who the hell knows? Yeah, um, yeah just, I think it was true. Just put him onto the race and just made him more interested in it because his record in it is ridiculous. Like Sir Deschamps, uh, Vitor, Black Hercules, York Hill um, and uh, Vitor obviously was an incredibly talented racehorse. Uh, York Hill had the world at his feet at the time. Black Hercules they thought an awful lot of uh, and Sir Deschamps he thought was his Gold Cup horse and he did finish second in the Gold Cup. So I think he's just running the horses in the race. here. Yeah, I, I
2: think Willie's always taken the race seriously, to be honest, whereas a lot of, it until maybe a couple of years ago, it was perceived to have been maybe the, the, the weaker of three grade one novice chasers. Um, obviously, the Argel and the, the Brown advisory had been in place much longer. Um, but once it became a grade one, I was, even before that, as you say, said the Champ won it, but, um, like the, the tour in York Hill, probably would have gone down the article route in, in previous years, but Willie was happy, even from an early stage to use this race. Um, and probably the best, the best two winners of the race. Well, certainly, certainly the tour is the best winner of the race we've seen oh, so cool. far. So, um, but this, say if the top three turn up, people say people keep calling it a match, but long press is um, is very much in there. I'd say one one thing to keep an eye on between now and two weeks on Thursday when the race takes place is um, possibly the form of Anisha Williams. Um, I know she spoke out yesterday, maybe in the press, saying about potentially a a bug or something in the yard, maybe or something's not right. With um, certainly she's not operating at the same level as she was. Um, a few weeks ago. Um so it's again it's just something to, uh, to bear in mind. He seems obviously seems a little concerned about it, as you will be. Um
1: yeah, when your horses start Easter getting so. sixty seven and fifty lengths you you start getting worried. Uh it's not just Phoenicia, it's Dan Skelton. Um Paul, I still I know he had a double on Sunday, I still think he's not out of the woods. Nicky Henderson's horses are running appallingly badly. Um so uh, all of that we need to keep uh, an eye on because Cheltenham is coming and it's coming quick and fast. Uh, we'll move on to the 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 now Brown advisory, the old RSA. Uh, so Brave Man's game becomes favorite, essentially, um, with Kaluki. He's 7-4 to four, and that is in and around the price you're going to get about him right now. Uh, Ahoy Senor, who we had such high hopes for and still do, uh, fives. capitano sevens. Jungle Buggy is tens with Kaluki. Uh, Statler goes for the longer race. We'll chat about him in a few minutes. And three under through five is tens. Um, I have a feeling Paul might have a word with the McNeil family before the festival and try and get them to reroute, but I think he's a big player here. Um, one of the things that kind of scared me when I was reading your excellent book, The Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, no Cotto star novices chase winner has won this race. Form can be reversed. Be wary of French breads. Zero from 36 in the past 15 years. Uh-oh. Uh, but as you said off air, you kind of I'll lead you in on this. He's not your typical French bread. Explain that.
2: I know it's the brave man's game definitely isn't your typical French bread. Not, uh, many of those 36 French breads will all run in France more than likely overhead looks like capitan would be a good example um and uh galopan de champ would be another example if 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 he did indeed run a ep there are more archetypal french imports um brave man's game is french bread but he, he came through the point-to-point bumper ranks so um you know if you look at him he's yeah, yeah, no, I to point. Yeah, and then obviously ran a couple of Ascot bumpers and um, before he took his form to another level as an officer at the last season. Um so yeah, and again, um so again you just have to look a little bit more into the just than before you just take these uh statistics on face value. Um the Corso Star statistic, um it would be alarming, but it should be remembered that Mike Bite would have won the Course of Star by a wide margin before winning this race only you've come down at the last fence. So sure. it's a little bit um covered up. It's just obviously it's a completely different track um configuration. One's right handed, one's left-handed, one's flat, um, and essentially speed based as opposed to a left-handed undulating um course that can become a stamina test. So we do we have seen Numerous times, horses beaten in the um, course of style or the Feltham, as it used to be known, um, and reversing the form or going going on to win this race. Um, so again, yeah, it's something to bear in mind. And obviously, a horse and was seven and a half lengths behind the Um So fans of him will be uh, pleased to read that statistic. But I say, just have to factor them in and use them as as part of your um, assessing of the race, not just. Literally to hang your
1: house on them. Yeah. Uh, I think he's the horse they all have to beat. I mean, he's its not exactly um, shattering any rules by saying that, but he's been so good uh, in everything that he's done over fences The one thing that concerns me is Paul Nichols' lack of enthusiasm for Cheltenham. I think there was a quote from him yesterday that he said, I'm going to have three or four runners at Cheltenham. That's it. And... Like when you come out after winning the Cotto Star and you're sorry, yeah, and, and your reaction immediately is oh, his aim is the King George well what about Cheltenham, what about Aintree, what about Punchestown, what about Fairy House, what about Air? like there's a lot of races in between um,
2: he, did, he did he did say that at that point that he was that he goes to Aintree for the yeah uh, the mile men on chase uh, obviously, after speaking with connections, they had a rethink.
1: John Dance uh, basically said, "We're going to Cheltenham."
2: <laughs> I'd imagine that both both sets of owners would want to run at Cheltenham, and, yeah. and now, as the as to be honest, I think um, the way if Gallop and Deschamps does go and take on Bob Ollinger, um, obviously it looks like Brave Man's game's the horse to beat. So I'm sure he would have run a, in any case now. If the, uh, that would have been situation I think after last year um, Paul seemed quite confident going into the the Ballymore and then he was he was beating out of sight and then perhaps he thought that took the edge off him for Aintree. so maybe the the thought process was um, let's not take on the the best of the Irish again and let's go to Aintree with our best chance of winning a grade one rather than on the back of potentially a defeat at the hands of um, Gallup and Deschamps, for example as things but um, he's done nothing wrong over fences um, his jumping for a novice is, is exemplary. Um, I was a haydock today day one, and he, he was foot perfect on his second start. Obviously, his first two starts came in graduation chases, so he was receiving weight from more experienced rivals, but um, he won those races comfortably. Uh, he stepped up to three miles for the first time. Those victories have been in and around two mile five. He stepped up to three miles in the quarto star. As I say, he had seven and a half lengths to spare over a hoist in and where he jumped better. And he showed the, the the better finishing speed, I thought, um, in what was a fairly slowly run race. So um Rory's actually made the argument for a hoist your Um again, he's made a good good case in the in the book for the fact that if you, if it's made into more of a stamina test, it could, could well suit Lucinda Russell source a lot more on this occasion. Um and we've since seen brave man's game once more so in a novice handicap chase recently at Newbury, which i thought was quite a brave move from paul to be honest at, at a sure. time when yeah. a lot a lot of his horses weren't running well to to run him off a mark of 159 in an handicap um and, and against a couple of decent horses as well who'd won novice decent novice handicaps themselves so it wasn't like he was he was up against nothing at all um he done it and he, did, he done it well. He, he gives sixteen pounds and a beating to Pat's Fancy. We'll probably talk about when we come on to the National One Chase later on. I thought that was a, a fair performance. After which, Harry Cobden was quick to say um, that he thinks he'll be better taking a lead, um, and, uh, and and I, and I think he'll definitely get that again here with um, a horse in your on the field. So um, yeah, he seems versatile in terms of ground. Um, he acted on the track last year. You can't say he didn't act on the track. He was just beaten by a speedy horse in Bob Ollinger. Um, he's obviously taken his form to another level over of fences. Is say, he's very in Ground, but it's worth noting that there's two grade ones, a shallow hurdle win and that course star both came on soft ground. So he'd probably be even more favoured if, if the rain arrived or if we got soft ground on day two of the festival. Yeah.
1: Um, look, I, I think he's a superb racehorse. I think he's, he's a fantastic long term prospect um, you and I are on opposite ends in that I backed Gallop and Champ for the the uh, turners this, this raised th- and oh, cool. backed Brave Man's <laughs> Game for the Brown Advisory um, right. and was taking as many fancy prices as I can the problem is I'm still very confident about Gallop and Champ. I'm starting to wonder about Brave Man's Game and there's a couple of things one the Cotto star record um the French bread thing is in my head but you've explained it very well he was brought up in a different environment it just happens that he's French yeah,
2: bread generally French bread sites so not normally not wanting to obviously pigeonhole all horses to say um, but in general a lot of French breads are quite precocious which is why we see them do well in juvenile hurdles and things and obviously they, they start the jumping process earlier in France and I think that this, they're a lot sharper, so that shorter trip is maybe advantageous to them at this fairly early stage in their um, career, mm. and then he can build up in trip as the as, as things happen. So again, that that, that was with long, long press in mind. I think he's a typical good example of that. I'd be happy for him to stay over an intermediate trip, maybe go up at Aintree or next season, see him over three miles. But say so I do think brave man's game is a slightly different uh, model in that respect.
1: Yeah, but he's no longer fives. You know, he's seven to four now. With yeah, exactly, so yeah. that's what you're looking at. And Mikey Fogarty at the Cheltenham preview last night did say he's a fucking certainty, lads. Um, this horse can't be beaten. Uh, he did say the same about Envoy Land last year, though. So just <laughs> you know, things can happen. I'm only slagging, when am slagging. Mikey. We've all had egg on our face and we've all had tea, done, blah, blah, blah. don't worry. Um, but like, he's seriously talented, but I'd be with Rory with Oise and your. And it's kind of a price situation now. Um, he got thrown in at the deep end. I remember actually covering the race on, on TalkSport. He was due to run and was withdrawn late. And that would have been uh, a novice chase. And instead, he had to go into an intermediate chase and take on Fiddler on the Roof. And um, yeah. it was just a bit much for him. Newbury was probably the John Frankem, um for all that he was incredibly impressive, and you can only beat what's put in front of you, that was this, the beginning of the decline of Henry de horses. So I don't know how much you can read into Mr. Incredible there. Um, he Kempton didn't seem to suit him, but he was better at we, Yeah, he, there were occasions where he jumped right and he had to be nudged along, but this should be a stamina test and all of those things... Mean that I think it's going to suit a in your I also think it will suit three hundred through five, and possibly even a horse like Fury Road. And so I'm I'm trying to decide. You know, we have time between now and then as to who our final selection is. I think Brave Man's Game is definitely the one they have to beat. For me, if you're advising a bet right now, being fair about it, I think a in your is liable to go off shorter. Um, if three hundred
2: 300- definitely, if you, if you, if you're in. Oh who he's in your camp. Um and I'll touch on his form in, in a minute. But if you're in his camp now and he's available eleven to two, none run no bet. Um should back him each way because I think this'll be a really small field. And, yeah. and um I think they'll I think they'll be they'll be a lot closer in the market than six to four, eleven to two, put it that way. And, I, and there mightn't even be eight runners, I would look at this. So um I would say if you if you're if you're in his camp bb one, who I'd say probably is worth backing
1: now at that price each way. Yeah, we we talked about this last night as well and uh, again just you can see some there's so many double entered horses and so many horses that can end up either skipping Cheltenham or going for a different uh, alternative race whereas Hoysinjour unless they take a punt for the Gold Cup which is looking unlikely then this is the race that he's going to go for and that price is too big so he's my selection overall um I'm keeping an eye on three hundred through five and Fury Road, but a horse will be my selection. What about yourself overall? Who's your who's your pick?
2: Um, I'll just touch a bit, a little bit more on Ahoy in if you don't mind. Obviously, he beat Raymond's game seven lengths at the Seth and obviously at last year. And the one thing is, his form figures are starting to pattern out whether he is 4 from four over jumps on flat left-handed track. So whether that it's just coincidental or not but he was he was an impressive winner of a maiden edler, uh, then he obviously won the Sefton at 66 to 1 um, and his two victories over fences have been um, gained at Newbury and Weatherby which are, again are in similar configuration flat left hander track so whether that's anything um, just to bear in mind um, he's obviously never been to Cheltenham. I, mean, I just I just wonder if the, if the new the old course might just be a little bit sharp him on that left-handed turnover because he has notably gone to his right a little bit at times um, in a couple of his races, even late on at Weatherby. Um, and he's always doing his best best work late on. I, I thought if the race was on the new course, I think he'd have a much better chance. Um, and that's not to say he should run in the Gold Cup because I don't think he should. Just, I don't think his jumping's up to it at this stage. Um, I think both him and Brave Man's game are fantastic long-term prospects and he's the strongest stayer of the two. Um, quite whether this race will materialise into that much of a stamina test, I don't know, he's going to have to, Derek Fox is going to have to get it right from the front if he's going to be um, if he's going to be the one to, to make the run, which it, it looks like he probably is, so yeah, he will need to try and stretch, stretch the stamina stamina more of Brave Man's game than he did at Kempton so again, tactically it'll be fascinating, as I say, if, if you are leaning towards him, I would I would suggest backing him now each way, because this field will put up. Um, the other couple I, w- I just wanted to touch on, we mentioned Capadano when talking about the turners. Again, he'd have a couple of negatives if running here, being only a six-year-old and a French bread. Um, Although I do think he's he's quite promising indeed, and I think eventually three miles will suit him, as we've seen over hurdles. Um, but like you, you've touched on three under 3 five, I think. Um I think, yeah, I think if, like you said, maybe if, if Paul Nichols had the final say, he'd possibly be his national hunt chase horse. But I think the McNeil family, um, I think they've been open and saying that they want to have runners in the grade ones. That's what they buy horses for. And I think the fact that Adrian Heston can ride them is obviously another, um, another factor that's been taken into account. But I think he fully deserves to take his chance here. And um, currently, at the prices, I think he's the one that. Again, could contract a little bit. Mm. Uh, I think he's currently about 12s, 14s, isn't he? Yes. He is. But he's a course winner. He's got plenty of experience. He was beaten first time out um, at Chepstow, but um, he's built a nice introverse, that form, with Does Now, who advertised that form recently when winning the Reynolds Town. He beat another good horse in the shape of Fantasticus when he won the December Novices Chase at Doncaster. Um, that horse has come out and won uh, a valuable prize. Leading field at the um, inaugural Winter Millions meeting recently so um, his form's got a fairly solid look to it he only ever seems to do enough so he's raced 152 at the minute Um, he's probably a horse who um, saves a bit for himself maybe and we're not going to get to see really how good he is until he's fully tested which he will be here Um, has he got the class of Brave Man's game Uh, possibly not but I think he's probably really ready for this kind of the test now. He's had the five starts. Uh, he ran in the Albert Bartlett, ran quite well for his six last year. Um, and I can certainly see him outrunning his odds. And um, he'd be the one, if you asked me for one at a, a double figure price, so maybe at the frame, he'd be the one I'd be looking
1: at. Albert Bartlett runners have a great record in the race, too, which I've learned from your book. Um, of course, Monkfish won the race last year. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I think he's very interesting. And I think your call to go and take the price now but hoy oh, señor is a very very strong one and um we should we should all pay heed to that. Uh we've one race to go before as you are placing your bets at Cheltenham make sure that you switch to Kaluki. Open your account now. Uh application will be approved within minutes. There's a sign up bonus for new accounts of a match bet of up to 25 quid so you get 25 quid free to play with for Cheltenham if you want. You're getting immediate interaction with experienced traders. And, hey, ask them, will they give you a price? There's no harm in asking. We have this thing where we're... In Ireland, we tend to chance it. Like, you'll go up to someone in the ring and go, you're going twos, so will you give me... You know, yeah. Go a little bit higher, how much more will you go? When we were doing the preview last night, poor old Aaron from BetDak was constantly been plagued for... Uh, for bigger prices. Uh, and Kaluki will be more than happy to engage with you. The, the, the worst they can say is no. But if you don't ask, you won't know. Um, these are poacher turned gamekeeper. Uh, they're professional bettors who have become pro bookmakers and they're absolutely brilliant. Uh, I couldn't recommend them enough. Uh, they offer betting on all sports, best odds guaranteed, of course, on Irish and UK racing, uh, instant withdrawals, you don't have to wait for your cash for three or four days. If it goes in instantly, they'll give it back to you instantly. Uh, check out their Twitter page, which is Kaluki, or uh, to see their daily price boosts. And they will have pitches across the country and extra pitches at Cheltenham this year as well. So when you're at the festival, make sure you go and say hello to Colin and the team uh, from Kaluki. They are first class, and they are taking anti-post bets for Cheltenham right now. So as I said, there's no harm in asking. You can just say, hey, would you give me sevens, eights about hoisting your No, we won't. But you might as well ask. Um, Chat to them and uh, join Kaluki now. Uh, The podcast is also brought to you by Weatherbees and this man, Paul Ferguson, uh, with um, his excellent book, Jumpers to Follow, which has already banged in loads of winners before us. But the Cheltenham Festival betting guide, the amount of work Paul has had to do on this, is just unbelievable, um, and it's worth every cent, and it's worth reading top to bottom. It's just it's essential. Uh, I had it open last night at the during the preview. By the way, I was uh, looking at it here and there. Um, it's just terrific stuff. It's now in its 2030 year extensive trend analysis of all 28 races. Norville now would absolutely love that with the positive and negative trends boxes for quick and easy referencing, uh, editorials from guest authors like Don McLean, Sam Turner, Jess Stafford with a brilliant breeding angle. Uh, she makes a great case about, um, St. Ledger winners who are now stallions like, uh, leading lights and, um, a number of others who are set for, for big seasons. Uh, the Banker or bust is back again for analysis of all the big festival favourites. Uh, Rory is his say on uh, the key races of the day. and uh, There's also a look ahead to Aintree because, hey, listen, Paul's a Liverpool man. Now, when I say Liverpool man, I mean a Liverpoolian. He's not a Liverpool fan. He's an Everton fan. But that's okay. Um And so obviously the Grand National Analysis is there and that's invaluable for us too with key trends to follow and those trends are essential. Uh, And you've brought in the Spring Horses to Follow section which I love. It's absolutely brilliant. You can get it in print. You can get it in digital, which is what I have. Or you can get it in both. The print and digital bundle. weatherbyshop.co.uk £5 off for final Furlong Podcast listeners with the promo code PAUL
2: Final 22, and it's definitely
1: 22, not 20. (laughs) All lowercase, final 22. uh, Get buying now. It is essential reading for the Cheltenham Festival, and it will help you to narrow down your bets and uh, make more gravy at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, And also All About Sunday. Delighted to say that we're headed to Donald McCain's yard on Thursday, where we're going to see Invincible Power. So All About Sunday are the really the future of racehorse ownership. Uh, invincible Power costs 150000 So he's going to win everything. That's right, Paul, isn't it? Once a horse costs a fortune, they can't be beat. Uh, so we're going to meet That's Donald McCain. Say. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to meet Donald McCain on Thursday. Looking forward to that. He's an absolute gentleman and uh, we welcome him to All About Sunday. Check out allaboutsunday.com for more, and uh, we'll have those podcasts out for you as soon as we can, and some video features as well. Uh, Darren and myself flying over on uh, Thursday. Right, the National Hunt Chase. Not quite four-miler amateur rider again. National Hunt Chase. Statler is favourite with Kaluki at 11-4, along with Run Wild Fred, who Kaluki go 11-4. to 4. Uh, Vanillier who I love, is fives. Farouk Delen probably needs it soft. Eights, Fury Road is in here as well as the uh, Brown Advisory. Sevens, does he know? Tens, he could go for the Ultima. Uh, Pat's Fancy, who you've mentioned, is tens as well. Um, The form would be a worry for Gavin Cromwell because there's another trainer resources are not running particularly well at the moment. But when we did the weekend review on Sunday, Rory quickly went on pro form and dug out statistics and I think... Be wrong, I think what he said was Gavin Cromwell's record leading up to the Cheltenham Festival last year was something like two winners, and then he ends up having two at the festival.
2: So, yeah, it was pretty. I remember, I remember in the previews, people were concerned about the form, but he wasn't a similar, uh, vein of form,
1: Mm. so it's less to be concerned about. And uh, Vanillier has got plenty of chasing experience, he was very, very good. on his second start, when he won by 26 lengths, I thought that was a terrific performance. Obviously disappointed in the Neville Hotels. Uh, but he jumped an awful lot better at, at Nace. I know he's beaten 18 and a half lengths by Statler, and people will say, well, how is, how is he going to make that ground up? Statler has to turn the form around from Cheltenham as well. Um, and what was yeah. I, what I was pleased about with with Keith was just how much better he got into a rhythm and how much better he attacked his fences. And he's going to have Jericho O'Connor on board. And that's something we should talk about first, is the importance of brilliant amateur riders, like three of the last seven written by Jamie Codd, uh, Patrick Mullins, Lisa O'Neill, Derek O'Connor. These are the kind of people you need on
2: your side. Yeah, without doubt, it makes a a huge difference. Um, And those guys, the top of the game in Ireland, are, again, without... Uh, been disrespectful to some of their uh, their peers.
1: Harry O'Neill, um, I should mention as well. By the way, just seeing his, yeah, his yeah. like just champion be... amateur, rider. you know, point-to-point rider. You should just mention that. Sorry, Barry.
2: Proceed. Yeah, but I think that is in in this race and other amateur rider race. Obviously, you've got Kim Muir as well, and um, there can be a significant gulf in in terms of ability and and experience, wealth of experience from those top Irish riders down to the the lesser experienced guys. So yeah, um the familiar names and it that the bigger names certainly uh, it's certainly a positive if one of those gets booked for your your selection.
1: Um only one of the last eleven was rated below one four two, but again we're we're still waiting on the ratings to come out. Um it doesn't look to be the best of renewals, uh I have to say. And uh, there's not a whole lot of horses that have that currently applied to them. There's a lot of, of Irish horses in this, and so they don't have their mark yet. Um, but who is your who is your idea of the winner or a value bet as as things stand?
2: Um, to say, if we just touch upon a couple of the um, key statistics here. I think it's it's well well um, well known that we, you you kind of need a bit more experience in this race than in other novice chases. Um, uh, no, the past twelve winners have had at least five start over fences, and six of those had run at least eight times over fences. So, uh, experience is a positive. Um, one of the uh, negatives in the key trends table I've put together was be wary of horses with only who've only had two starts. Um, Statler obviously falls into this category, mm. and it is a concern with him. Um, Next destination was the latest. To fall victim of this statistic last year, and he finished second to third, one second, three to one second favorites. Um, and although, as you as you touched on, although the, the races run over slightly shorter nowadays, and possibly the smaller field sizes that we see in, in uh, as we've seen last year, and we'll probably see this year, um, so it might, you might think it's not as much of an impactful, but. It is definitely something to, to bear in mind. In 2019, both Ballyward and OK Corral, they were the top two in the markets. Both of them had only had two chase starts and failed to complete. Um, 2013, back in focus, did win this on the back of three runs. Um, but he's the only horse, I think, in the past dozen years who's who's been able to do that. Um, carefully selected is another recent um, beaten favourite. He was sent off odds on in 2020 on the back of just three runs. So um, limited experience is a concern in terms of st- I think mean, he's the best horse in the race um he was really impressive on debut I loved the way he jumped the fairy house um and although the runner-up hasn't done much for the form there's been a couple of subsequent winners in behind so I don't think that was a bad piece of form at all and he stayed on well to beat Farouk Delen. last time at Nace obviously Farouk Delen came out and won the 10 up at the weekend yeah um Vinilier was well back in third in that grade 3 at Nace and was again well beaten by um run well will come on to shortly um, but he showed a stamina there but if you just watched the, um, Albert Bartler back last year when he finished fourth behind Vanillier Statler he travelled really well through the race to two out uh, perhaps didn't see it out strongly enough so either still even though he won that race over three mile one and looked to outstay Farouk Dalland on DC he probably preferred the better ground than, uh, Farouk Fruitland wants deep ground as you already alluded to Uh, I'd just be slightly concerned about the stamina for Statler I think if if he just go quite steady and he gets into a nice rhythm I think that'll suit him and Patrick will be able to pick his way through the field but um, certainly something that's that's worth at the the back of my mind because earlier last season when he was um, in his maiden, when he won his maiden Christmas 2020 and when he ran in the um, Dublin Race Festival, I always saw him as an out-and-out stayer but um, it's just a, still think he needs to just fully convince in that in that department because um, he didn't look short sure to pace. He, he surprised me with the, the pace he showed when he won over two five fairly. Else, um, yeah. I certainly don't think he would he would be out of place if he was rerouted to the brown um, advisory. So I think it's significant that he's been earmarked for this race up seemingly all season, and um, his owner, Ronnie Bartlett's won it twice in the past four years with Galvin and Rathbinden. So it's um, obviously been a well thought out plan i say it wouldn't at all surprise me if he if he develops into the into the be, and ends up being the best horse in this race and um a grade one chaser down the line but just whether he's got the, the uh the tools at this stage to be to be equipped to deal with this race um, remains to be seen considering he's a short price favourite.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Uh Gordon has alluded to going for the brand advisory with um with Fruit He says he's deceptively fast. And um, that he would need it soft. That's one of the things. But he, they'll see where they are. Yeah. Um, It'd be fascinating to see who Jamie Card rides. Uh, Tony Deakin was a long time listener to the show. Tweeted last night. Jamie Codd doesn't really ride for Gigginstown. He did ride for Gigginstown in this race uh, back in 19 Um Was it the year Tiger Roll and Lisa O'Neill won? Uh, was he, yeah, he was on Genie on a Genie in a bottle for. For them, Uh, I I think it's just a case of that uh, it's an interesting point that Tony makes because obviously Gordon's horses are predominantly Giggins down here but I I think it's just that the type of horse that Gordon has run in this race in the past um, he's had two or three runners and on paper there were ones who looked to have better chances and Jamie went with them and then um, that meant that it was great to the benefit of of Lisa O'Neill uh, that she was able to ride Tiger Roll in the race. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily be saying that Jamie Codd's not going to be on board at Giggins Horse. I don't see how that plays out. Um, who's your overall selection?
2: Uh, yeah, I think Rumwild Run- Fred ticks plenty of boxes, If you just just from a um, trends perspective. He's had 10 chase starts already. Um, he's got an Irish mark of 158, so he's set to fair standard. Um You've beaten eight lengths in that Neville Hotels last time, finished in front of Vanillier. So, Vanillier um, has got foot, has got a good bit of distance to make up on chase form, at least with both Run Fred and Statler. I um, said, so I don't think the trip will be an issue. He finished second in last year's Irish National over three mile five. Knew that was off a mark of 140. Um, obviously, he showed again that he's got the benefits of big field handicap experience when he won the Troy Town impressively off a mark of 145 in November. Um, and since then, he ran in that Neville Hotels where he made, he did make a, a serious error at, um, early on down the back street, which probably would have, could have been enough to end the race for some horses. But yeah. he, did, he did well and he still still managed to finish eight length seconds of Fury Road. So um, I thought that was a fair effort, to be honest, on the back of such a, such a mistake. Um, he's got the experience I would imagine that this race has been a target for some time um, and I know he was declared to run twice recently in those uh, two or four mentioned grade that novice Chase he was pulled out so he actually has the profile of many a recent Gordon elliott trained winner of this race in the fact that he, he arrives at Chel- Cheltenham on the back of a, um, a short break um, versatile in terms of ground the ground was good when he won at Detroit Town and he's he's handled much deeper ground in the past. Um, I just think maybe his overall experience could just tell in this event. And say, I'd say Statler is probably the classier horse and maybe the, the grade one performer down the line. But, um, just as things stand, I think he might he, his experience could just be telling in this race. Yeah,
1: the Gordon Elliott factor as well should not be underestimated at all. He's got a Phenomenal record in the race. I imagine Jamie will ride Run Wild, Fred. Yeah. Uh, Katie, who works for Gordon, was was saying last night that she thinks he's tailor made for the race, and um, that came up about him being entered. I can't remember if it was before or when we were on stage, but she said that they entered him as an idea, but there was no need to run. Him. Like it was never. There's no necessity to get a run into him. It's not like he's he needs a run and a set of setback. He's fine. Everything's fine and everything's yeah. been ticking along fine. And Gordon just feels going there fresh is the is the better option. And Tiger Roll had won the Munster National before winning this race. So um that big handicap win is a is, uh, in Detroit town is is a massive play for him. So run Wildfred, Fred, your overall selection Yeah,
2: I think so, yeah. I'd say um I do like Statman as a horse, but I'd just be concerned I would have liked to have seen him at least run once more before. Yeah, Go down that so I wouldn't be yeah, I could watch him win at that price I wouldn't be taking a short price about him that's for sure I um, just should to just touch upon Pat's fancy I mentioned him when we were talking about Brave Man's game in the Brown advisory he finished three and a half lengths second of Man's game at Newbury obviously <laughs> he was in receipt of £16 that day and there's a chance that Brave Man's game can probably be marked up given the stable form at the time so um, but his earlier form was really good too he beat a couple of unexposed sorts and two racer chips Those yellow Jericho Rock at um, David Pipes in uh, early December and then um, he beat Imperial Alcazar by 11 lengths uh, at the Welsh Grand National Meeting in an officer's handicap chase where he stayed on really strongly um, on soft ground suggesting that the step up and trip won't be an issue for him he might well want the soft ground but Imperial Alcazar obviously franked that form um, by winning t- by 10 lengths at Cheltenham on trials day so um, although he's got a bit to find on official ratings with the, the likes of the, the main Irish protagonists I do think Pat fancy will run well. Um, and again, although his best effort came on soft ground, he has got plenty of form on, on decent ground. He was well beaten behind Vanilli last year in the uh, Albert Bartlett, but again, he seems to have improved over fence. I think he'll be, whether he's a great performer in time, um, beyond his novice campaign remains to be seen. He could just be a nice top-end staying handicapper. But I think the marathon triple will certainly help, help him, and he'll be running on when... Plenty of others have cried enough, so I'd expect a, a good run from uh, Rebecca Gates as a seven-year-old.
1: Okay, that's Pat's fancy, who you can currently get with Kaluki at 10s. Non-runner, no-bet, so uh, keep him in mind, but I'm fully in agreement with Paul to take on Statler. We could have egg on her face, uh, but I'd much prefer to be with Run Wild Fred and my overall selection is Vanillier. Um But I, if I'm asked to pick one at the top of the market, Run Wild Fred, and to be fair... Dr. Delargy put him up at, was it six to one? Is that right? Sixes? Yeah, sixes um, for this race. And now he's 11 to four, shorter, five to two. Happy days. Good man, Delargy. Now, hopefully we're on the gravy train. So, uh, Vanillier for me. But, run um, well, Fred, uh, for Paul with uh, an honourable mention to Pat's fancy. Uh, of the novice chasers overall, who's your main hope?
2: Um, I would just say gallop on the champ if you're running the brown advisory, but um, obviously he's going the other way, so he's going to have a stronger opposition. Uh, I would probably go if if I was just given a free bet on any of the four races, I'd probably go with Edward Stone. Um, I think he's possibly got the uh, the weaker, the weakest of the rate of the o- field of opposition, maybe. So I'd side with him.
1: Gallop on the champ, on the bridle, and beats. Long press. Long press. Finish a second. Let's go! See you later, Bob Ollinger. <laughs> Bob Ollinger fans are going nuts. That's Henry Drumhead calling to say, I'm not coming on the show now. That's, you forget about it. Um, Paul, you can get the book at WeatherbyShop.co.uk. I could not recommend it enough. The amount of work that you have to do to assemble this is just, I don't know how you stay sane, but I admire it. Incredibly. And it really is essential reading. And it's not just for Cheltenham. You've got Aintree and you've got the spring horses to follow as well. So there's there's so much there. But don't just look at the trends and go, I have to go with exactly what the trends say. As Paul said, with a horse like Brave Man's Game, he's not a traditional French bread. He was raised in Ireland. He competed in an Irish point-to-point. He's been trained differently by Paul. The only thing that worries me about him is the fact that Paul has been anti-Sheldon all year long with him, basically with all of his horses. Um, stage Star is another one. We talked about him in the Novice Hurdlers race that you know, I want to go to entry with him. Um, that's not a good sign, in, in my view, and the stable form is still iffy, So plus the price. So it's a hoist in your um, at the moment, but there's so much in there, uh, so much quality, really enjoyed Graham Cunningham stuff this year I think he's a fantastic addition um, I know he's done stuff in the past but now that he's back from Hong Kong um, Graham had some great stuff to say and of course Delargie not getting it out of the park as usual but uh, your work is second to none when it comes to publications to preview Cheltenham the detail that you go into the analysis that you have yourself it's absolutely outstanding Paul and um, get it now get your copy now Weatherbyshop.co.uk and uh, that promo code is FINAL22, lowercase, FINAL22. Two two. Paul Ferguson, gentlemen as always.
2: Thanks, Emmys. it been a pleasure to be on.
1: And where can we see you at a Cheltenham preview night soon?
2: Um, I'm doing an online one with Weatherbees on Thursday evening. Uh, to anyone, I think it was a Weatherbees bank account, I think. So I think that's for mainly for owners and things. We've been invited to that one. Cool. Uh, next week, um, in a pub in Liverpool called the Denby Castle. And then I am up to, that's on Wednesday evening next week. And then on the Friday, uh, I think it's the 12th, is it? What day? I don't know, 11th? Friday 11th? No. But, um, whatever it is. Friday next week, up at, um, in Motherwell with the Imperial Racing Club um guys so nice. I think there might still be a few tickets available there. So if you if you're interested in that one, check out um their Twitter account or Paul Costello or Ian Robinson who run Imperial Race I'm sure they'd be able to um sort it out.
1: Okay. Uh you can watch back if you missed our Shelton preview last night, uh it was with Sports Talk and Bet Dak. Uh Buddha Mangan, who's a GA legend, was absolutely outstanding uh as the host we had uh Katie Young from Gordon Elliott's Yard uh my, my main man, uh, Johnny Ward, was there as well. Um, Johnny was in top form, and um, Aaron from Betdaq. So, uh, and Mikey Fogarty just in, in top form. Brian, the former referee, who did may or may not have done to Kenny a few favors over the years. Maybe we hate him. Maybe we don't. Um, anyway, we had a good laugh with him. And uh, Mikey um uh, Mikey Fogarty's on, and I'll leave you leave you on this bombshell. Um, his line that just caused us all to go into hysterics was. The Mayor's Novice Hurdle has a new favourite. The horse is called Brandy Love. And he goes, I believe that's a very well-named horse. And naively, honestly, naively, I went, do, they own, do the owners have a love of brandy? Do they have a share in brandy? It's like...
2: You didn't, you didn't Google it, did it. <laughs> On your work computer, nah. Google Brandy nah, Love right me. now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the words of Davey Russell, um, when talking about a particular jockey at a Cheltenham preview, I can't say what it was, but uh, he said he wouldn't ride Kathy Barry. Let's just say that Brandy Love is in that same <laughs> line of work. So if she wins the Mares Navas that's going to be absolutely outstanding. And uh, there was a moment towards the end where both Johnny and himself were on this campaign to get the mayor's races thrown out. Like, reverse Cheltenham back to three days. Like It was great fun. It was great crack. And I'm like, lads, it's a four-day festival. The races are there, all right? They're trying to make it five. Just, like, let's try and stop them at five where you're not getting back to three. And Mikey had to leave just before we got to the Fox Hunter. And uh, he's asked for his bed at the meeting and he goes, Dino Blue, Dino Blue and the, the Mayor's Novice Hurtle. So I pick up the mic and go, so just to reiterate, Mikey Fogarty is a massive fan of the Mayor's Novice Hurtle and thinks it should stay at a job. And hopefully, place burst out laughing at he goes, ah, fuck you now. No, for that now, uh, we're going with uh, Dicer Dynamo and the Supreme in a double with um, with uh, Dino Blue. No, 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 no. So uh, you've got them all twisted up. Uh, you'll find out more details about it on my Twitter page, but I highly recommend you uh, check it out. We'll be doing stuff with Kaluki and All About Sunday for Cheltenham uh, as the build-up continues. Irish Contenders with Dennis O'Regan coming soon. um, Special on UK Contenders. And uh, we'll have the weekend preview for you with Rory on Friday and our special with Donald McCain and uh, the All About Sunday crew. Darren is in on that as well. Uh, That'll be coming out for you over the weekend. Uh, Talk to you soon. Paul Ferguson, gentlemen as always, thank you. Uh, Thank you for the kind words on social media. If you like the show, click, follow on your podcast app um, and easiest way is just to share like and share on social media we'll talk to you soon be safe be well god bless
0: the final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by all about sunday the ultimate racehorse ownership experience download the app and get involved today all about sunday we love racing and by our official betting partner kaluki sportsbook the market leading messenger betting service providing best odds guaranteed on uk and irish horse racing plus with the option of instant withdrawals visit kaluki sports Facebook.com to sign up now.